church together. It's, um, we've only canceled services here at Coastal uh, three times in the history of our church. Uh, last week, one, and then uh, once, I think it was Hurricane Gaston, and while we were here, and then one time when we were meeting downtown at Ashley Hall School, it was it flooded downtown, and we were no one was able to get to uh, Ashley Hall. So. Um, Anyway, it's not a not a, a normal occurrence by any stretch of the imagination, and um, it's just good to be back together today, all week long. But is it, is it today? It felt like all week long. It felt weird, like the days you got all messed up. I mean, like I kept trying to figure out what day it was. Then all day yesterday, I kept telling my wife, "It just doesn't feel like Sunday tomorrow. It's not Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's Sunday. You better be ready. It's Sunday." So uh, it's Sunday, and I'm I'm glad that you're here. So many things. Um, uh, going on in the life of our church. Yeah, don't forget about Operation Christmas Child this month and uh, bringing stuff for that. And uh, I can't wait to just, uh, you know, begin the, the holiday season uh, packing uh, that, that stuff together in November. Check out all the stuff in your bulletin about that. Um, also, uh, this, this month, it would be a great time to help us restock our food pantry. With everything that's happened uh, this week uh, in Charleston, in the state of South Carolina, uh, it's just a great reminder that there are people in our community in need, and we feed a lot of people here at Coastal uh, with our food pantry already, and I just know that that need's going to be increased. So uh, I've, I've been putting that out in my email. If you have any questions about that, let us know. Um, but please uh, bring stuff to help uh, to help with the food pantry. Um, Hey, speaking of game on and uh, football, uh, you know, I was uh, kind of disappointed last week that we didn't have church because of uh, how, how well my Tigers played. And then two weeks in a row, I just feel like sometimes don't you just feel like God's shining on you because like, you know, it's two weeks in a row that Georgia lost, Carolina lost, and Clemson won. So suck it. There you go. Um, Anyway, I was all excited about that. Um, hey, speaking of uh, game on and football, uh, you, we have a special gift for you today. And uh, you might not be aware of this, but uh, your pastor, Pastor Chris, I am in uh, a pastor's coaching network. And uh, I like to call it um, Continuing Education for Dummies. And, uh, and, but no, I've, I've been in a, a pastor's coaching network probably for about seven years now. And I've kind of worked my way up in the network. And I'm in an advanced uh, pastor's coaching network. And what that means is about uh, six five, six times a year, I meet together with a group of about 20, 25 other pastors from around the country, different type of churches, uh, different sizes, different denominations from all over the country. We meet together uh, with a coach, uh, and we meet in Orlando. And, uh, and it's just a great time of, you know, iron sharpening iron, uh, information, learning, uh, just, I mean, it's just great. It's, it's something that's been really uh, special to me over the last several years. And uh, the, the coach of our network uh, is Nelson Searcy. He's written several books, and uh, he, he wrote a book that um, I was uh, allowed, graciously enough, to write the foreword for the new book. And uh, it's called uh, Unshakable. And uh, the, what, what he decided to do uh, since I was writing the foreword is that we actually put, the, uh, put our church's name on the back and uh, our church's website and, uh, and my picture on the back. That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, so I got to write the foreword. Well, the book is called Unshakable, uh, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. And it's about standing strong. Of all things, is what's so crazy it's amazing how God just, you know, sovereignly arranges things, the timing of things. Because we just got the book delivered this week. And uh, on the back, so you kind of get the idea of what the book is about. It's about storms. 
the storms of life that we all face and standing strong uh, in the midst of storms. And uh, so on the back of it, it says, you can't stop the storms of life from raging, but you can learn how to be unshakable. Uh, this powerful, practical guide will help you discover how to face and survive life's scariest storms. You'll uncover timeless truth on how to prepare for, withstand, and rebuild after. And then each one of the, each one of the chapters in the book is about a different storm that you might be facing. Family problems, uh, illness, temptation financial stress, career challenges, death of a loved one, and, and a lot more. Um, but it just, it gave me chills this week when, because I had written the foreword like a, a while back, a good while ago, and then, you know, we had to submit it to publishing and all that. And then, um, and so I just got it back this week, and I want to read the first chapter to, or the first paragraph of the foreword. And it gave me chills after just, you know, everything that had happened uh, this past week. Here's the first three words. Ready? I like storms. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. That was, I didn't really mean it that way. But anyway, um, uh, I like storms. I always have. It's not that I'm a storm chaser, but growing up in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, there's nothing like watching that dark gray charcoal wall looming large in the Atlantic Ocean and slowly moving into our city. I've discovered, however, that storms don't have to be chased. They come to you. In fact, if you're reading these words, you're either in a storm right now, you're headed into one, or you're coming out of one. Storms are a fact of life. Anyway, then I go talk about my, my story. But uh, So today, uh, everybody here at Coastal gets a free book. So, um, woo! So uh, never say we didn't give you anything. Um, and so uh, just come up after the service today and pick up a book. And what I really want you to do, though, seriously... Um, is use this as a tool um, because we all know people who are going through uh, storms in life. And, uh, you know, there's, there's really is a great chapter in here for almost not every storm that people face, but, but a lot of them. And, um, you know, doubt, uh, temptation, uh, failure, uh, just a lot of different things. So use this, you read it, and then pass it along to somebody else uh, who's going through a storm and uh, use it as a way to witness and to reach out to people. So there you go. Um, we began this series uh, three weeks ago now by reminding you that no matter your past, uh, no matter uh, what you've done or where you've been, no matter your circumstances or your choices that you've made, it's not game over, it's what? It's game on. And, uh, and then two weeks ago, uh, I challenge you to join our team. And uh, we talked about what it takes to build a great team. And uh, we gave you some principles that you could use, not just here at church, but at work and in your family. And, uh, well, today we're going to kind of hone it down a little bit more, get a little more specific. And uh, I want to talk to you about your particular position on the team. Because everybody does have a position to play. Uh, there are no bench warmers. Remember we talked about that? No second string in the church. Uh, and so today I want us to look at uh, getting off the sidelines of watching boring, mediocre, just existing life. And uh, I want to talk about getting into the game and the adventure of serving, the adventure of ministry. Now, why? Why are we going to talk about this today? Well, if you think that we are talking about this today simply because, well, you know, here at Coastal, they've got slots to fill and, you know, there's rooms to remodel and things to build and, and uh, or because, you know, we got some great volunteers here and, and uh, they're all burned out and tired and frustrated and, and Pastor Chris needs help. 
If you think that's why we're talking about all this today, you are wrong. You are dead wrong. Um, I want us to talk about this today because I believe, and this is what we teach here at Coastal, that real life, that joy, that fulfillment comes from getting in the game and understanding and living out God's plan for your life. Uh, I want you to suit up today. I want you to get involved and serve today, uh, not because Pastor Chris is tired or our volunteers here are frustrated or stuff is not getting done. I want you to suit up and get involved and start serving in ministry, quite frankly, because if you're not, you are missing out. You are missing out on, on the joy and the growth that comes living for God and serving him by serving other people. Now, in a whole lot of churches today, it seems as though they're a little bit more interested in stability and uh, you know, status quo and uh, paying the bills and, and my needs and my wants than they are with the adventure of following Jesus and changing people's lives. You know what church has become for a lot of people? Church has simply become something that weak, boring people go to to make themselves feel better and deal with their guilt. My goodness. That's not the way God meant for it to be. You know, church is not something that that we go to. Church is not something that we attend. It's who we are. And we're on a mission. The, The adventure of a lifetime. You know, we, together here at Coastal, we are forming a team of followers of Jesus whose goal it is to beat down the gates of hell by rescuing people who are lost, setting prisoners free, bringing life where there is death, to to change people's lives with the good news of the gospel. Now, to put it in, uh, you know, football terms or game time terms, our job, you see, is not to play it safe and run out the clock. Don't you hate it anyway when your team does that? You know, just play it safe and run out the clock. I mean, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like no one says it out loud, right? But, but your team kind of comes back after a great first half. I mean, they got a tremendous lead, really, really played well. And they come back after halftime. And again, nobody says it out loud, but you start to sense by the play on the field that they are thinking, hey, we got this thing in the bag, Right? And you start to see it reflecting on the field. Hey, we had a great first half. Let's just go out now and let's just relax. Let's go into our what kind of defense? What is it called, you know? Prevent defense. Not very exciting, is it? Prevent defense. We're going to run out the clock, right? We're going to run out the clock and just go home. Now, again, nobody verbally says it. But you begin to sense it and feel it by their play on the field. And then time and time and time again. I mean, you think people would learn after a while. But when teams actually do that, what happens? They let the other team what? Back in the game, right? And then then sometimes they even lose. Coastal, guess what? We've had a pretty good first half, you know? In some ways, you might think that, you know, things have gone pretty well. We're doing okay. Guess what? Our job is not to play it safe. And you know what our job is? Our job is to run up the score. 
That's exactly what our job is. You know, we're to be, you know, Steve Spurrier back in the old days. He can't do it now. I don't know why. But anyway, um, you know, we played for Florida. But, and, but that, that just, the Holy Spirit just brought me that one. Anyway, so, um, but our job is to run up the score. It's to kick Satan in the teeth. I mean, it is. Our, our job, listen to this. Our job is to risk everything. You know, in fact, Jesus said that if you're going to find your life, you've got to be willing to lose it. So I want to be up front today, cut to the chase, and tell you what I want to see happen. I want you to be able, and many of you already can do this, but I want everybody here today to be able to answer this question. Where am I serving in this church? What is my ministry at Coastal? Where am I serving in my church? Now, if you already know that answer, man, that is great. And we have many, many, probably more than average of, of, uh, of, of, of people who serve and volunteer in ministry here at Coastal. But I want you to write that down today uh, on the back of your Connect card. I know uh, Joy said to write down comments and prayer requests, but maybe there on the back of your Connect card, you might just write, my ministry is. And then just tell us, you know, remind us, remind yourself, what is your ministry? Now, if you don't have a, a regular place of ministry here, or service here, I want you to check. Here's what I want to see happen today. I want you to check the box on the back of your Connect card that says, the very uh, bottom of the section, the top section, that says, my decision today. I would like to volunteer to serve. Please have someone contact me. And in fact, we give you some options there, some things that you can circle. Greeting, children, cafe, students, worship, other. Uh, you might write down security or communion or computer, uh, prayer. Um, and then uh, Julie, Julie Kelly, our connections uh, coordinator here at Coastal, or one of our ministry leaders uh, will follow up with you and contact you. Now, and I'm going to come back to the, all of that um, kind of toward the end. But today, here's what I want us to do. We're going to look in our playbook, if you will, uh, the Bible, at Romans chapter 12. Somebody once said, uh, told me that this is like the graduation chapter of the book of Romans. Now, typically when uh, young adults graduate from college, what happens? We, you know, we applaud for them. We give them gifts, you know. We give them, or the, the, the school, the university or college they went to, they get a what? A diploma. And, uh, and then it's time for them to start using that knowledge and do what? Get to work, get a job, you know, make, make a, you know, a life, a living, get a job. Now, uh, today we would say here, you know, for, in our purposes, that it's time for you to get in the game. It's time for you to play your position. So if you're wondering, well, okay, Pastor Chris, you know, where do I start? How do I begin? What do I do? Here's what I would say. Here is step number one. I want you to write this down as you're filling in the notes. Uh, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That's where it starts. That's where it begins. It begins with this, this, this has got to be settled first. You've got to have the mindset and the attitude of, hey, you know what? Everything I have comes from God, and I am a humble servant willing to do whatever he asks me to do. I am a living sacrifice. In fact, that's exactly what Romans tells us. Look at verses 1 and 2. 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. In other words, listen, I'm urging you, I'm challenging you in view of just how much God loves you. And that's the foundation of this. You understanding just how loved by God you are, he says, to offer your bodies as what? What's the two words? As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. He says this right here, this is your spiritual act of worship. Hey, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, the way the world does things, the way the world operates, but be changed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he says, if you do that, if you offer yourself in view of God's great love for you as a living sacrifice, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know what God's will is for your life? Well, then offer yourself to God as a living sacrifice. Now, we could spend months looking at these two verses, but I simply want you to see that if you want to live out God's plan, if you want to be clued into God's will for your life, then you've got to be willing to start by offering your, your very life as a living sacrifice. Now, notice that nobody is left out of this, okay? No follower of Jesus is on the sidelines here. Back, back to this passage, back to verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to all those who have been to Bible college and who have been called into ministry as pastors. It doesn't say that, does it? No, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to who? Every one of you. Okay, so he's talking to all followers of Jesus here. Every one of you. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given to you. Now listen to this. Just as each one of us, just as each one of us has one body with many members. We all have a body. We all have different parts of our body. And these parts, these members don't all have the same function. Your, your, your eyes don't have the same function as your toe. Your toe doesn't have the same function as your elbow, and on and on and on. So just like that, in Christ, in the church, in the body of Christ, we who are many, we form one body. And, and each member, each one of you, belongs to all of the others. Look at your neighbor and say, you belong to me. Say that to your neighbor today. You belong to me. If you're single, you're welcome. There you go. I know you were waiting on that. Try to help out the single adults here. Um, but we all have different gifts. In other words, we're all different. We're all part of the same body, he says. And we have different gifts according to God's grace according to the grace given to us. Now, what's Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, we're all different, um, but get this. We're all different by God's divine design. In other words, it's God who planned this. God planned and designed our differences so that we could make a difference. We have different gifts, different functions. Why? Because each one of us has a different role, a different position to play on the team. And every single position 
is just as important as the other. In other words, if we're going to be successful, we can't have 11 quarterbacks on the team. We can't have 11 quarterbacks on the field at the same time. We need a center. We need linemen. We need running backs and receivers. Now, we're going to talk about some of those individual gifts and functions today, but I just don't want you to miss the big, important idea that he's making today. You see, it's so easy today. Sometimes people get so focused on the gifts, on the spiritual gifts that we're given, but you're, you're missing the big idea. They're simply the illustration. They're not the focus. They're not the point. The big idea is be willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Be willing to use whatever it is you've been given by God to serve him by serving other people. Now, let's talk about gifts for a moment. When you were saved, when you became a believer, God gave you a brand new purpose for living. And he never asked you to do something that he doesn't also give you the ability to do it. So when he gave you a new life purpose at the point of salvation, he also gave you a gift or gifts to accomplish that purpose. So the Bible has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. There's over 20 of them listed in scripture. The Bible says that every Christian, Every follower of Jesus has at least one spiritual gift. It's different from a natural ability. Everybody has natural abilities, but only believers have spiritual gifts. When you were born physically, you were given some physical gifts by God. Now, when you were born again, when you were spiritually reborn, God gave you some special abilities, some spiritual abilities to serve him by serving other people. Every believer's got at least one. And they were given to you at the moment of salvation. God gave them to you sovereignly. In other words, he decides. He chooses, not you. Not somebody else. Someone else can't give you a gift. They come from God. They're given by his grace. You don't earn it. In fact, let me, let me point out something very interesting regarding spiritual gifts because there's several places in Scripture where they're listed. Here uh, in Romans chapter 12, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. And there's some overlap in the list of the gifts in, all, in, in these different places. But there's also some differences between the list. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that these, these, these are not rigid lists. These aren't absolute categories. That's not the point that Paul is making here. He's simply illustrating his point about the importance of every member on the team using whatever gift you've been given for the glory of God. Now, so what are some of the gifts? Let's talk about it. Let's go back to Romans 12, our playbook here this morning. And in fact, he lists uh, several of the gifts. Let's talk about them. In verse 6, Paul begins with one of the speaking gifts. He says, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Now, I know sometimes people freak out when they hear the word prophesying, um, and they think it's the ability to tell the future. Actually, I believe that if you were to chase down this gift with the way that it's used most often in Scripture, you discover that it actually describes the ability to bring God's word to bear in people's lives in such a way that it calls them to life change. We might call it the gift of preaching. Uh, next, in verse 7, Paul mentions the gift of serving. He says, if your gift is serving, well, let him serve. Now, the word serving there, it's a word in, in the Greek that means to wait on tables, actually. You know, serving. Uh, it's a very practical gift. 
Some people believe it's very similar to the gift of helps uh, that's listed other places uh, in Scripture. In 1 uh, Corinthians 12, uh, people with this gift or maybe even the, the gift of helps, they typically enjoy doing behind-the-scenes kind of things. Maybe it's the little things that don't get noticed, but, but that's, that's kind of who they are. And so Paul says, hey, if you have that gift, then serve, help. Now, I do want to make a little, a little distinction here because, you know, there are obviously certain things that, regardless of the gift that you have, that all Christians should be doing, right? I mean, like, obviously... All Christians should be serving. Uh, all Christians should be uh, encouraging or giving. Um, it, it's a part of just being a follower of Jesus. But then it seems as though God gives certain people like a special extra dose of that ability. You know, for example, uh, people with the gift of encouragement, they overflow with encouragement. I mean, we're all supposed to encourage one another, but there are those people with that ability to go above and beyond. They, they, there are people who actually get recharged by serving behind the scenes. There, there are people who have a, a deep desire to give above and beyond. They have the natural ability to, to earn money. So does that make sense? We're all called to do you know, the work of ministry. We're all called to serve, but certain people have a gift above and beyond. Uh, verse 7, also in verse 7 it says, if it is teaching, let him what? Let him teach. Now obviously the gift of teaching is the ability to understand and then clearly explain and apply the truth of Scripture, I would say in a systematic way that makes sense to the hearers. Okay? That's the gift of teaching. Verse 8, if it is encouraging, let him encourage. Uh, the word there in Greek means to strengthen people, to build into people, the ability to motivate people with words of comfort and reassurance and, and inspiration. And then he goes, he mentions the gift of giving. Listen to this. If it is contributing to the needs of other others, let him what? Give generously. Now you say, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Pastor Chris. I've never heard this before. Does this mean that there are some people who actually have the gift of giving? And the answer is yes. And then some of you are going, well, if it's not my gift, does that mean that I don't have to give? No, again, that's not what Paul is saying. We're all called to give. We're all called to, to tithe and actually to, to give generously. But God has actually given some people, you ready for this? A special ability, I think, for making money and a heart to give way beyond the ordinary. And it just comes natural to them, the gift of giving. Uh, Talk to me afterwards if you have that gift, by the way. No. <laughs> no. Uh, because why? No, of course not, because all the gifts are equal and all the gifts are as important. Verse 8 continues, if it's leadership, let him govern diligently. How do you know if you have the gift of leadership? Here's a hint. You lead, <laughs> okay? Um, you know, in the circles that you're in, you know, in your family, in the workplace, when you come into a group, do you tend to be the person that people look to? For direction, for guidance. Chances are you have the gift of leadership. Uh, then he says in Romans 12, um, if it's showing mercy, uh, let him do it cheerfully. This is the gift of uh, the gift of mercy, the gift of having a, a heart for people. Uh, you, you, are, you have the natural ability to be empathetic with people. 
Uh, you're drawn to hurting people. You identify with them, and then you care about them. That's mercy. Now, it's, I think it's interesting what Paul says about that gift. He says, if, it's, if that's your gift, do it what? Cheerfully. You know, people with the gift of mercy are generally very sensitive people, and uh, they become an ear or a shoulder to those people who are hurting, who feel neglected. And it becomes very easy at times for those people to actually get pulled down. So he says, hey, if, if your gift is the gift of mercy, be careful. Make sure you do it cheerfully. Now, again, this is a great list of gifts, but it's not exclusive. There, there are more. And uh, there's others that are listed in 1 Corinthians and Ephesians and 1 Peter. Let me mention some of them. Uh, one, one, another gift is the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment is the, the ability to not just give good advice, but the ability to see through the, the, the actions, the attitude, and maybe even the heart of other people and to see their true intentions. Uh, the gift of insert, discernment. Uh, the gift of administration. Uh, organizing. You know, I sometimes tell people, if you own a label maker, you probably have the gift of administration, okay? Um, the gift of faith. Now, again, all of us are are supposed to exercise faith, but there are some people who, I don't know, it's just as though they regularly just expect big things from God, and they have no problem, you know, stepping out on that limb and uh, trusting God very easily. The gift of evangelism, we're all called, again, to share our faith, but there are those who just seem to have that extra ability to very naturally share their faith, and people seem to respond. Uh, the gift of uh, pioneering, sometimes called the gift of apostle. Uh, I believe that means that this is the person who likes to start new things, you know, and you like new challenges, you get energized uh, by change. The gift of shepherding uh, means that you care. This is the person who doesn't have to, you know, write down the, the prayer requests from life group from week to week because you naturally, uh, you know, protect you naturally seek to guide others and shepherd them. Uh, the gift of hospitality. Uh, now, this is not just about hosting parties. It's not just about, you know, southern hospitality, entertaining. Um, that, that's a focus on, you know, you and your stuff and your things. But true hospitality really is a focus on others. And for some people, that comes very naturally. And some people, that's a gift given by God where you make others feel at home and, and welcome in, in any environment, by the way. You, know, you seek to, to make them feel welcome and at home, whether it's in the church or at the workplace or wherever. Uh, the gift of wisdom. The ability to apply the truth of Scripture to everyday life through godly counsel. So, a lot of different gifts listed in all these different places. Now you might be thinking, okay, Pastor Chris, how, you know, all these gifts, how do I discover, figure out what my position is and what my spiritual gift is? I'm glad you asked. Uh, I've been a pastor now for 25 years and I've developed a very scientific uh, strategy, a way for you to discover your spiritual gift. Two-step scientific process, okay? Step number one, 
go back to these different passages. Reread this here in Romans 12. Go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Peter and Ephesians and, and look at all of these different passages that list the different gifts. Read through them. Then ask yourself this very scientific question. What gifts do I think I have? <laughs> okay? Now, what gifts do you think you have? Guess what? Nine times out of ten, you're probably dead on. Okay, you might even, you know, get that affirmed by other people, okay? Maybe that's step one, you know, B or something, okay? What gifts do you think you have? Maybe you even get that affirmed from other people. But then here's step number two, and I think this is the most important step. Get involved in ministry. Start serving. You know, so many people try to figure out their gift, and then, you know, they kind of wait and then get in, involved in ministry. I don't think it works that way. In fact, I think the Bible teaches and stresses the exact opposite. As you serve, as you offer your life as a living sacrifice, you discover how you've been gifted. You're, you're not going to discover your gift simply by taking a spiritual gift inventory test out of a book. Or online. And those are great, by the way. In fact, Google spiritual gift inventory uh, test. And there's some great ones there. Uh, Lifeway, Lifeway has a great one. And, and you can take the test and maybe get some insight into your spiritual gift. Is there anything wrong with any of that? No. Again, I'd highly recommend them. They can be insightful. They can be beneficial. But the acid test to discovering how you've been gifted by God is by you actually getting involved in ministry and serving. Why? Because that's the purpose of the gift. You see, we, we like to focus on the gift. And that's not it. God wants you to, to focus on, on ministry and serving. He's gifted his children, you and me, so that we can serve. So where do you start? Again, by willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Just jump in and begin serving wherever you're needed in the body of Christ. You see, it's in the offering of yourself that you're able to figure out what God's will is. You know, it's like trying to steer a parked, uh, a parked motorcycle. Is that hard to do? Absolutely. You, you, it's very difficult. It needs to be moving. And, and one of the ways that we figure out where we fit is to get moving. You know, to get involved, to experiment. Write this down. The goal is more important than the role. The goal is more important than the role. Now, what is the goal of every follower of Jesus? Well, it's to be like Jesus, right? You know, to love and to serve and to give like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He was willing to wash people's feet. To be humbly willing to serve wherever there is a need. Listen, the most important question you can ask today is not, what is my gift? Okay? Don't miss this. But where is the need? Where is the need? Now, let me share a few needs with you. Because some of you, you, you look around and you see a lot of volunteers here, right? I mean, we do. We have a, a, a lot of humble, willing servants. And so you begin to think, well, they must not need me. There, there are Janet, here's Janet, our children's friend. There are no more needs in children's ministry, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, she would slap me in my face if I said that to anybody. Um, 
you know, listen, let, let's talk about a few needs. In fact, they're on the back of your Connect card. It says, uh, you know, circle one of these things, children, greeting. I'll come back to that here in a second. Let's look at some of these others that don't get as much highlight sometimes. Our cafe. Oh, my goodness, we give away a lot of food here at Coastal. And we need people who can make coffee, you know, restock, clean, all the stuff that happens back there in the cafe. Do you know we have people, Panera Bread, uh, Ryan, Gracie. Ryan and Gracie right here, they organize a group of like three or four people every Sunday morning who pick up the, the bread that we give away here. They get here early, go, go, or the, excuse me, they go to Panera early, pick it up, come here, unload it, stack it up. Uh, uh, you know, student ministry, oh my goodness. You know, for some of you, you have a heart and a, and, and a, a passion for, you know, for middle schoolers and, and uh, all the smells of middle schoolers and, uh, you know, high school students and um, our, our worship. You know, listen, you know, we have a phenomenal band, don't we? Phenomenal uh, worship ministry here at Coastal. I mean, I think anybody would walk into our church and think we're a church of like five, ten times our size based on surely just on the... the um, uh, the talent, the gifts of our worship uh, team, uh, but but we need more. Uh, we, we need more singers. We need more musicians. Um, communion. You know, did you? Ever, I mean, do you actually think the the communion angel comes and fills up all those little cups? You know, no. There's volunteers who do that. Uh, back in the back, our sound, uh, our tech booth, our um, you know the computer back there. Um, all of that, it ha- you know, we, ha- we have a security team now. Did you know that? I mean, this security team has really grown. Um, and, uh, you know, every week there's people who make sure they walk the building. You know, they do, they do some obvious things, you know, like, you know, walk the building and check the, you know, the parking lot and, you know, make sure the offering is escorted. And, and But, you know, what a main thing they do is they just check in in our children's ministry, make sure that's safe and secure. And uh, they're, they're lined up in here, and uh, they're ready to take a bullet for me, right? And, um, uh, you know, we joke about that, but that's a serious thing. Um, but, uh, you know, greeting, and, and, you know, let's go back to our first impressions team, because that's a, in our children's ministry, that's a huge, those are huge needs here on Sunday morning, you know, here at Coastal. We, we constantly have needs in those two areas. And, and obviously, you know, if you like people and you can smile, you know, man, there's a place for you. You know, if you like children and, and you have a heart for children. Now, you know, we kind of jokingly say, if you can't smile and you don't like people and you don't like kids, we don't want you in first impressions or in our children's ministry. But what's funny about that, though, is that there are still needs there, you know, that need to get met. And, uh, you know, did you know that we have uh, people in our children's ministry that wipe down the toys, literally wipe down every toy in every classroom between services. That's right, in a channel. That is right. That, that happens every week. You know, you don't have to like a kid to do that. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to s- smile. Um, you know, it's better if you do, I guess. Um, but uh, did you know that on, on our First Impressions team, we have people that check the garbage between services, you know, clean the restrooms, um, spot vacuum the auditorium periodically, take out the trash. Uh, it's not just about driving the golf cart, although that's there too. Now, you might say, well, yeah, but I'm sorry, Pastor Chris, God didn't give me, you know, the gift of taking up the trash or taking out the trash or, you know, cleaning up after people. I got the, I got the gift of teaching. No, that's pride and arrogance. You know, that, that's, by the way, that's what all of the disciples were saying when they showed up for Jesus' dinner party 
but there wasn't anybody willing to wash feet. Every single one of them said, that's not my role. Maybe not. But the goal is more important than the role. The goal is Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. You know, in Matthew 25, there's a very important story called the parable of the talents. And Jesus told this entire story to say this, to make this one point. One day, you're going to stand before God, and the ultimate question is going to be, what did you do with everything that I gave you? What did you do with all of your gifts and your talents and your resources, and your abilities, and your stuff, and your things. Read it. Matthew 25, the whole, the whole parable is to make that one point. What did you do with everything I gave you? You see, one day there is going to be a final exam. One day there is going to be a judgment. And you will stand before God. And as your pastor, I want you to be able to have the right answers. For that final exam. So let me give you a little pop quiz to prepare you. Question number one, and it's the most important question, by the way. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Because at that moment, it's too late. Here on earth, here and now, what did you do with Jesus? Now the right answer I put my faith and my trust in him and him alone. I believe and I understand that he died on a cross for me. He was buried. He rose again and he is alive. And I asked him to be my savior and to be my Lord. That's question number one. Then you get that. That's great. And if you get that right, there is a second question. Question number two, what did you do with everything else? You know, what did you do, again, with the resources, the talents, the abilities? And, and let, me, let me ask you this. What excuse, by the way, are you going to use, are you going to give for not serving in the body of Christ. I mean, seriously, what, you know, when you stand before Jesus one day and he's got nail-pierced hands and, and you can still see the scar of the spear in his side, what excuse are you going to give? I mean, when he says, what reason do you have for not being willing to serve in the body of Christ? What are you going to say? Well, I was pretty tied up, Jesus. Things were pretty busy for me back in the day. You know, just my schedule didn't quite line up. Seriously? There's your pop quiz. This morning, what have you done with Jesus? And what's your ministry here? You need to be able to answer those questions. Let us know today. I mean, hey... Let's get out of the stands 
Let's get our hands dirty. Let's get on the field because time is short and people need Jesus. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today. Thank you for the church, for the body of Jesus that we get to be a part of here at Coastal. I'm very thankful for this church, God. I'm thankful for what you're doing here. And sure, it's been a great, uh, a great first half. But we're not going to run out the clock here. We're going we're gonna to risk it all. We're going to run up the score. We're going to kick Satan in the teeth. We're, we know we win. So in the meantime, God, we're, we want to have as many victories as possible. Lord, I pray today that the people who are in this room, they could pass that test. What did I do with Jesus? And where am I serving? What did I do with all the rest of the things that you gave me, Father? Listen, the very first question is the most important. Cry out to Jesus right now and say, Jesus, I believe you gave up your very life for me on that cross. You rose from the dead and you are alive. And I put my trust my faith in you and you alone and for the rest of my days I just want to follow you as your living sacrifice humbly willing to do whatever you need me to do and Father I pray that this church is about the kingdom not the status quo not mediocrity but the, adv the adventure of following Jesus and beating down the gates of hell rescuing Thank you, Father. We love you. We pray this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, guys, we want to continue.